Chapter 18 of Eight Keys to Eden by Mark Clifton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Dale Grothman. All the rest of that day and throughout the following, Cal and Tom worked with Jed in trying to round up the colonists, get them living together again. By agreement, Ahmed and Dirk stayed with the small band of colonists that had overcome their fears enough to mingle together again. Louis frankly deserted his shipmates and spent all his time with the colonists. Frank, as if reverting to his childhood farming days, occupied himself with trying to round up the stock. He tried to keep the cows separated from their calves so the colonists would have milk to drink, but without ropes or corrals it was hopeless. He finally gave up his attempt to husband the stock, and he too seemed content to mingle with the colonists. The marked change in Louis could not be ignored, for he was not idling away his time in lazy feeding and sleeping. He had dropped his lifelong pose of superficial complaint that the fates always gave him the dirty end of the stick, and now he spent his time preaching to the little band of colonists, or wandering through the forest and undergrowth, calling, praying, comforting. Cal felt no condemnation for him. He was not the first man, seemingly dedicated to science, who, confronted with mysteries beyond his power to comprehend, reverted to childlike superstitious awe for an explanation. In the face of mystery or catastrophe, it takes a faith beyond the capacity of most to continue believing that the universe has a rational order to its laws that can be comprehended if man persists. It is temptingly easy for man to revert back to the irresponsibility of childhood, assuming that the control of phenomena is in the hands of those stronger, wiser than he. It takes a strength in the face of this temptation to go on believing that man can know that which is not morally wrong for him to know. No blame, then, for Louis. Tom was torn in his loyalties. He frequently remembered that, away from the EHQ, the crew became the E's attendants, and that their first duty was always to the E. But separation from the other two men of his crew was like the loss of a part of himself. To those, also, he had a duty. He tried to solve his problem by alternating his time, spending part of it with Cal and the remainder with his crew. Cal and Jed made a trip the following morning across the ridge and found the dissident group huddling themselves in abject terror. They had seen the ship coming down through the atmosphere, and, altogether, they had climbed the ridge where one of their scouts had recently gone to watch the ship's landing and its disappearance. Once they were found, it took a little persuasion to convince them that they should return to the other colonists, that differences of opinion meant nothing now as against the need of human beings to cling together in the face of catastrophe. But they too were having trouble thinking in a straight line, and even though they first appeared eager to join the other colonists, it took some doing to keep them all together and moving forward to cross the ridge, to come down the other side, to assemble again at the site of the village with the others. And yet within minutes neither band seemed to remember that they had ever been separated. By the time they had returned it was apparent that Louis was succeeding where Jed had failed in finding the colonists. In the few hours that had elapsed, the nucleus had tripled in size. Louis wandering through the brush, calling, pleading with them to follow him, 
promising there was no danger if they would allow him to watch over them intercede for them with those who had caused all this had indeed coaxed them from their hiding places calmed their fears and still through the day he toiled finding them bringing them back into the fold one and two and three at a time until at last by jed's count all were there no more missing and yet in spite of his success there was a kind of hurt and disappointment in louis's eyes for once back they not only forgot their fears they seemed also to forget him they coalesced into a placid herd without memory of their panic without memory of the shepherd who had found the lost sheep and returned them to the fold they wandered among the trees and bushes picking fruit and nuts eating leaves and stems and flowers of plants they wandered down to the river to lie prone on the sand dip their faces into the clear cold water to drink during the heat of the day they bathed in the river and as they lay on the white sand or grassy slopes to dry they slept contently the phenomenon was not as startling to cal as it might have seemed to the others on earth gradually learned through trial and error experimental colonists were not picked for their jobs because of flexible inclusive or brilliant minds quite the contrary the basic test of a successful colonist was endurance the endurance of hardship privation the stoic indifference to conditions of discomfort monotony pain uncleanness immodesty conditions which would have sent a more imaginative or sensitive temperament into a downward spiraling syndrome of failure they were the kind of men and women who on earth in earlier time had been able to endure the harshness of the sea of arctic cold jungle disease desert heat to make those first steps in taming a hostile environment so that men with less endurance but with more delicately poised and sensitive minds following them might then endure it was characteristic for such men and women even under earth conditions that they seldom questioned their reasons for these things they simply went on and endured and tamed even on earth when the taming had been done they moved on this was the stuff of experimental colonists now here that temperament still persisted they had fled in panic but now they had returned to their original purpose to endure it was enough louis was to learn in disappointment that failure to be curious about scientific reasoning was usually accompanied by an equal failure to be curious about philosophical implications they listened idly to his exhortations but their eyes did not light with fire nor cloud with doubt they simply wandered away after a time and ate or slept in the evening of the second day cal sat with tom and jed down by the bank of the river where the sky was clear and the stars beginning to shine they were talking quietly of home of eden of the colonists who more and more seemed to take on the character of a contented herd of animals so far there had been no attempt of the old males to drive the young ones out of the herd destroy them but that might come in time as surely as the old males on earth by tacit agreement on both sides were always able to work up a war for the purpose of weeding out and destroying lusty young male competition they were talking of the curious fact 
that all three of them seemed to be able to continue thinking in a straight line hold their minds to a subject while all the rest grew more vague less retentive more content to live from moment to moment without concern for past or future except louis he too seemed to be able to hold his thinking in a straight line one tangential to theirs he seemed in these hours to have turned wholly mystical to a stronger belief that they were being watched and cared for by some higher power and that this was for a purpose yet not so tangential for cal had come to the same conclusion although his interpretation differed i can't doubt that there is an intelligent direction to this particular coordinate system he said to tom and jed but i must doubt it is supernatural in the way louis interprets anything appears to be magic when we don't understand how it happens and becomes science when we do he paused and looked at his companions faces in the starshine they were quiet reposed listening ever since man got up off the bottom of his ocean of air he said and out into space we've been prepared to run into some form of intelligence which doesn't behave the way we do not prepared to do anything about it you understand he said with a shrug just theoretically prepared that it might happen it was a possibility now it does seem to have happened e mcginnis asked me before i left earth if i thought eden was an alluring trap especially baited to catch some human beings it begins to appear that it is i've caught many a wild animal in my day jed said slowly thoughtfully i've pinned em up in cages watched how they behave i guess scientists do that all the time don't want to hurt em fact make em as comfortable as they can just want to know about em sometimes after i've watched em for a while i'd turn em loose and watch em scoot back to their natural world that could happen to us sometimes they'd die and i wouldn't know why that could happen some animals won't bear young in captivity we can't because of an operation maybe whatever's holding us don't know that and might turn us loose when after a time we don't bear any young he paused and looked even more thoughtful sometimes he added slowly after i've studied em found out how they would behave no matter what i had to kill em because they was too dangerous to let run around among humans that could happen i haven't done much trapping tom said but in zoos i've watched animals in cages the thought always came to me that if they could think the way we do they could just open their cages and walk away now you take turkeys jed answered pin em up with a high fence they'll back up take off and fly over it but pin em with a low fence and they won't seems like they know they have to fly over a high obstruction but don't figure on it for a low one sometimes they flutter up against it or try to push it over but most of the time they just walk around and around the yard looking for an opening natural survival pattern cal commented in the woods in their natural state when they came up against a fallen log it took more effort to lift their heavy bodies in flight over it than it took to walk around the log 
it became a fixed pattern of behavior to walk around it that's what they do with a low fence then jed said they just keep trying to walk around the obstruction not enough sense to treat it like a high fence because it ain't high see no use trying to tell them it's high because they know it ain't so they can't solve it seems awful stupid somehow a little low fence all that blue sky above them and they can't figure it out i suspect that's what's happening to us cal said we've always argued that wherever there is matter and energy in the universe certain natural laws will prevail we've learned ways to take advantage of those natural laws to do certain things that will make them work for us instead of against us we've always argued that for any kind of intelligence to arise in the universe it too would have to become aware of these natural laws that it too would have to do these same certain things to take advantage of those laws that because the laws and what to do about them would always be similar man would have a lot in common with that other intelligence and a means of communicating because of that similarity we'd argued that whatever its evolutionary physical shape this wasn't so important as its mental evolution because that mental evolution would follow the same course as ours they wouldn't be truly alien because science would be the common denominator it now appears we could be wrong maybe our concept of science is too narrow maybe we're like the turkey we've become so fixed in our pattern of solving a problem we can't change can't back off and take another look see the problem not as it appears but as it really is but isn't that the science of e tom asked curiously to be able to extrapolate any coordinate system i'm not criticizing he added hastily just asking i suspect even our means of extrapolation are too limited too based on the relationship of things and forces to each other too set in the notion that only physical tools can affect physical things we may be looking at a low fence calling it a log and therefore not able to understand why we can't walk around the obstruction in the usual manner he stopped and added with a shrug stupid maybe or like the turkey the yard is so big that he never gets a picture of it as a whole enclosure by the time he's wandered down this side of the fence he's forgotten what he found on the other side never can put the whole thing together in his mind that's my trouble anyhow so far i'm not able to put the whole thing together see it all as one piece when i do if i do then maybe like the caged animal i'll see how to unlock the opening or maybe realize the only way out is to fly there beside the softly flowing river where water was obeying natural laws without any trouble the three men broke off their discussion when they saw a bright flash high in the sky above them all three knew what it meant another e-ship had arrived no doubt the ship would expect light signals from the colonists in acknowledgment of their space flare if the ship had come while this portion of the planet was still in daylight they would have seen there was no village no ship no equipment for direct communication they might even have reasoned there was no means of signaling with artificial light but there was nothing to tell them that those on eden could not build a fire 
as if they were present on the ship themselves the three men could anticipate what must be happening there right now they would be anxiously waiting for signal flares to light up to spring up like signal fires on a lonely island where a maroon man has at last sighted a ship on the horizon the colonists were no longer hiding but were freely wandering in open spaces if the ship had arrived before dusk they would have seen men and women in the viewscopes if after dusk they might still have spotted them in the infrared viewers which picked up the heat differentials and gave a fair approximation of shapes the men on the ship would be waiting and looking at their watches how long they would be asking does it take those colonists that e down there to get a signal fire going about five minutes passed and another flare lighted the heavens get off the dime down there it seemed to say acknowledge us cal took the chance that they might have an infrared viewscope directly on him and he waved his arms above his head but apparently they had not spotted him for there was no answering flare at intervals of five minutes at first then later cut to fifteen minutes throughout the long night the flares continued to light the sky talk to us the flares begged surely you were expecting us surely you would not all be sleeping so soundly that our light could not rouse you several times the three men stood up and waved their arms but it brought no answer from the ship in the darkness perhaps the equipment wasn't good enough perhaps in the night breeze bushes and trees also swayed with movement once there was a rustle in the brush and in the starlight they recognized the figure of louis approaching them this has got to stop he said worriedly as he came up to them that light is an unnatural thing it will anger them it is not meant for the peace of eden to be disturbed by an artificial thing and if they should turn their wrath upon us woe woe his face was stricken in the light of the new flare and as suddenly as he had come to object he left plunged back under the trees to seek his people be beside them comfort them when disaster struck down after a time the three men gave up trying to wave their acknowledgment of the flares in darkness they watched for an hour or so and then tried to sleep the periodic flares continued to come throughout the long night as if now no longer pleading for acknowledgment but rather reassuring men in such deep distress that they could not answer reassuring them that help was at hand and morning would come they tried to sleep and although fitfully disturbed by the continuing flares they did sleep but at the first hint of dawn cal awoke and aroused his two companions and by the time there was enough light for the ship to see clear detail upon the ground the three men were ready for a better attempt at answering the ship's signal they went up to the village site where the colonists were sleeping in the way a herd is bedded down together they awoke frank and martha ahmed and dirk and told them of their plan louis too awoke and heard the plan and tried to warn them against it any attempt he said to communicate with those not on eden would surely increase the wrath of those who wanted only the natural state here a wrath still withheld because of superhuman mercy 
but which must not be tried too far in spite of his warnings cal and those cooperating with him got together enough colonists to carry out his plan good-naturedly the colonists did as they were told but with the attitude that it was something amusing that there was nothing they'd rather be doing at the moment any sense of urgency about communicating with home seemed to have been washed from their minds in a clear space on the soft grass cal got the colonists to sit or lie in certain positions checked against tom's knowledge of ancient signal patterns those certain positions took the shape of space navy patterns three men lay in a triangle next to that six men sat in a circle and last three more men lay in another triangle cal hoped someone on the ship would be able to read the ancient message keep clear of me i am maneuvering with difficulty the signal had no more than formed when there was a flash from the ship so bright that it could be seen in the morning sky they had read his signal and now they began a series of flashes of questions what's going on down there was the essence of their questioning it was well that the ship had caught the first signal for the colonists lost all interest in the game which had no point they simply stood up and wandered away in search of their breakfasts from the trees and bushes louis who had stood to one side glowering now took charge of them again and shepherded them to a grove of trees where the fruit seemed especially large and succulent but now that the ship had spotted him cal could signal alone he lay down on the ground himself to move his arms in semaphore positions but even as he lay back he became conscious that he too could hardly care less with a detached interest that amounted to amusement of such childish primitive things he watched his arms spell out one more message keep off no mechanical science allowed in this coordinate system he stood up then and made a farewell gesture toward the ship at that instant he felt strangely that he had passed into another stage of growth completed a task cut himself off from an environment that held him back what the ship did in response to his warnings no longer mattered if it landed its personnel too would join the colonists if it obeyed the request of an e it might circle there indefinitely indefinitely watching the turkeys circle inside their low fence unable to aid them release them he did not particularly care what they did they could go on spluttering out their signals trying to question him he didn't even try to read their messages it didn't matter their science had nothing to do with him nothing to offer him through it he could not reach a solution somehow he knew that already end of chapter 18 of eight keys to eden by mark clifton read by dale grothman